and confess out of your own mouth how Nobody good he is. Daddy, you are awesome in every way, and we proclaim yes. the greatness of your name. Nobody oh, Daddy, you are the ancient of days. You, you give us beauty for ashes. You are God Almighty, and we exalt Nobody the darling of heaven, the name of Jesus, a name by which every knee should bow and every tongue cuss shall confess is Lord to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, your very presence. I don't care what it looks like in your world, but listen, God is pleased with you. And he's excited about your future. Because he has planted on you an intended end. And he called you special unto himself. Do you realize when he says that he made you in the image of himself, that in your face is an image of God. That when the angels cry, holy, 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 at times they may see a glimpse of your face. Do you realize how precious you are to him? That he would give his only begotten son. And he doesn't ask you to qualify. He just asks you to believe. There's nobody like him. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, Father, we have acknowledged you today through praise and worship as the God of the breakthrough. Yes. And so, Father, whatever breakthrough is needed in this room, Father, we declare that it manifests now. Yes. In Jesus' name, Father. Oh, we sung about the, the power and the glory of the name of Jesus. And it's at that name that every knee must yes. bow and every tongue yes. must confess. That Jesus is Lord to the glory of God Hallelujah. the Father. Help us to use the authority that you've given us in that name to overcome anything that yes. tries to come against us. Hallelujah. And Father, there is absolutely nobody like the Lord. There is nobody like Jesus. And so Father, we took some time today to just lift you up and through praise and through worship today, Father, we know that when we draw nigh unto you, yes. you automatically draw nigh unto yes. us. That causes us to decrease and causes you to increase in this place. And so, Father, now that our hearts have been prepared to receive your holy writ, Father, I pray that your word will fall on good ground today and it will produce a harvest, some 30, some 60, but some will manifest 100-fold production today because of the conditions of their hearts and the way that they hear, because they hear to obey, Father. And although my wife and I stand here as two individuals, we minister as one today. Our tongues are connected to our spirit and we speak as we ought to speak. The oracles of God, and you grant us the ability to do it with simplicity, Father. And as always, we'll give you all the glory for all the good that will come out of this service yes, today. Father. In Jesus' name, Jesus. Amen. amen. Come on, somebody go ahead and praise God one more time in this place. Before our music department exits the stage, though, they are working extremely hard. Are, are they doing a great job up here on this stage? Excellent job. Singers, musicians, excellent job. Excellent job. God is very pleased uh, with what you're delivering to the people. Love on somebody today and just tell them, lift them up in some kind of way. Speak life into them and then you can be seated. I want to thank you all for making it out. 
on this March the 4th, Sunday, March the 4th. If you're watching us today online on any of our online platforms, the best way to follow along with the message is Version Bible app, event section, look up Linked Up Church. The outline will be right there, and there's also spaces provided where you can add your own notes. Uh, on today, uh, we have Connect or One, our next steps, uh, Connect classes, uh, step one, next step, one class a day. And so if you've never taken essential habits of the healthy believer, we encourage you to do so. It's offered right after this service. Uh, roughly, it'll take up about 30 minutes or so of your time. And today, my wife and I will conclude the gift. Uh, we've been ministering to really both the unmarried, uh, the married, the singles, not both, but really all of these categories, the married, <laughs> yeah, the married, the unmarried, uh, widows, singles. And so we'll conclude today. H- have you all been blessed by this information? Yeah. Praise God. It's been a blessing to us to study it. You know, you get married all these years and you forget to go back and, and go back into this information. But it's really blessed me to look at it. It's really helped our marriage to know that even though we're married, how I many know oh, we still need to grow in our singleness? Right? And so, the gift. In our introduction, I'm just going to read letter A. We we encouraged you all that being single and being married are both gifts from God. And Paul taught us in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 that one was not better than the other. So, if I'm single, if I'm unmarried, or I'm widow, it doesn't make me any less in God's eyes than the person that is married. And we've been learning that there are actually benefits on either side of that. And so, you know, if you're married, you know, you can remember some of the things you wish you still could enjoy when you were single. Come on, married people. All right. Okay. So still too early in the message, right? And in the Lord, though, in the Lord. In the Lord. In the Lord. First Corinthians chapter seven, verse seven, which was really a foundation text for us. Uh, I was reading the, or I read the Living Bible translation for that. And Paul said here, I wish everyone could get along without marrying. Wow, that's a powerful statement. Then he says, just as I do, but we are not all the same. God gives some the gift of a husband or wife, and others he gives the gift of being able to stay happily unmarried. Is anybody in here today happily unmarried? That's a good place to be. You don't sound like it. <laughs> let me let me ask you one more time. <laughs> Y'all supposed to be making a lot. Y'all supposed to be the rowdiest, loudest folks up in here. Let me try one more time. Is there anyone in this room today that's just happily unmarried? Happily unmarried. It's a good place to be because ha- happily unmarried, if you have the desire to get married, equals happily married. Because marriage doesn't make you happy. You have to already have that before you go into marriage. You don't go get married to get that. You'll never get that from marriage. All right? That has to be within you. And so we really left off talking about five gifts of, or five truths about being single. We could also say being unmarried. We can also say being widowed. And number one was the difficulty and pressures of life. Number two was troubles in the flesh. So Paul actually put out a list of things that he was encouraging those that were unmarried, that if you get married, these are the things that you can look forward to in that marriage. And then number three, the world's passing away. So marriage is not eternal. My wife and I don't get to stand before God and hold hands and give an account. For our marriage, we have to stand as individuals. So we don't take our marriage into eternity. So let's keep it in its proper place. However, however. We are judged and we are considered as to how we treated our spouse during our time on the earth. That's true. That's excellent. 
Excellent. So you better keep treating me well. Or God's going to get you. <laughs> and then we'll pick up today with number four. Really in my wheelhouse here, we, we were trying to figure out which point, uh, which one wanted to lead. And we really, it's really in both of our wheelhouses. But number four is singles can serve the Lord without distraction. That's a blessing. See, if you woke up this morning and didn't have somebody to make breakfast for, you need to give God the glory for that. I mean, that's a blessing, right? All, only thing you had to think about when you woke up was yourself. That's a blessing. So let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Let's pick it up at verse 32. Singles can serve the Lord without distraction. And Paul is really making a contrast here because married people are preoccupied. Any married people in here? Any married people with children? You have to get up and think about more than yourself, right? So in that's fact, the contrast. If you're, in that in fact, if you're not careful, talking about being preoccupied, in fact, if you're not careful, the husband, the wife, the children can take precedence over your time with God, and then God, all of us, your time, your quiet time ends up becoming a scheduled item. On the back end. On the back end. Instead of on the front Unless end. Unless you're very intentional about putting them on the front end. Exactly. Talking about preoccupation. Yeah, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, go on with the point. Put <laughs> little shoes on. <laughs> what, what did I tell you to turn? First Corinthians chapter 7. Look at verse 32. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. Paul is encouraging here. He says, but I want you to be without care. See, I, don't, I want you to be free from all anxiety. I want you to be free from that. Paul says, I want you to be without care. He who is unmarried, now he tells you what you should care for, cares for the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. So if you're widowed, single, unmarried with a desire to be married, he's giving you some insight on how to have a good marriage. First, learn how to please the Lord. And pleasing the Lord, it's easy to please other people, but don't sacrifice pleasing the Lord for other people. Uh, that was a good place for somebody to say amen. So he says here, he cares for how he may please the Lord, but we can almost cancel out everything because now we're going into a whole nother category. But he who is married cares about the things of the world. Well, what is that? How he may please his wife. Now, if you're a husband in here, she can speak to the other side, and the text does here a few verses after this. It's at the forefront of our minds, our spouse. Any, any husbands in here willing to admit that? It's at the forefront of our mind. We're always thinking about what's coming up. Is it the birthday? Is it an anniversary? Is it vacation? Is it whatever's going on, bills, debt-free, whatever it is. She is a priority for all good husbands. And all the good husbands said. I was listening for that. So, so a wife is a priority all the time for a good husband. It's a little better. So he says here, there is a difference between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cares about the things of the Lord. Now he gives you some insight into what that looks like. If you're a single, unmarried, or a widow, 
Here is your primary responsibility, okay? Listen very carefully. This should be what you are really waking up to pursue and be excited about. How she may be holy both in body and in spirit. What you say? Not one amen from the single ladies on that one right there. All right, so, so now listen very carefully. Let's walk through this slowly. So if she's unmarried, right, if she's single, if she's widowed and has a desire to marry, her primary focus should be keeping herself holy. Oh, I can't come down. Next building, August, I'll be able to come down on the floor. I'm going to keep saying that until I get a stronger amen in that. So if she's unmarried, single, or widowed with a desire to be married, her primary focus should be on staying holy. Which means no ringy, no thingy. And she gets up every day with that priority on her heart. And mind you, and mind you, he didn't say whether what what your past looked like. So you can be holy and still have four kids by three different fathers. Come on, girl. You can still be holy having a diagnosis. You can still be holy. Regardless of what you're, you can still, check this, I'm about to just say it, because it's real in, the, in Atlanta. You can be holy and having been a stripper, a prostitute, a drug addict, an alcoholic. You can, in Christ, you are made a new creature. Therefore, old things are passed away and all things become new. Start right where and you check are. this out. And when you set yourself apart, he says, offer up your bodies in Romans chapter 12 with, uh, as a living sacrifice. This is your reasonable service in him. So guess what? When you take time out and you deliberately and intentionally sanctify yourself and make yourself sacred unto the Lord, despite what your past looks like, he can make you an awesome wife, an awesome mother. An awesome contributor to the, to the society and an awesome mentor. An awesome and impactful uh, servant and representative standard and example to those around you. When, we, when, we're, when our mindset as a single person, as an individual is set on him, he makes all things new. So be encouraged out here. Start where you are. Satan wants to sell you a lie that I already messed that up, so I can't accomplish that now. Well, you got to remember, if God says I remove all things from you, and as far as the east is from the west, I've removed your sin. He said I blot them out and don't remember them anymore. If God is not remembering them, then why would you remember them? And let's just make today the first day. Of the rest of our lives. That's Come right. on, somebody. That's right. Come on. So she wakes up and she's intentional that, that she's going to spend time developing her spirit, which ultimately controls her body. Let's keep going here. But she who is married cares about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. This I say for your own profit. Come on, somebody say, Spirit of God is ministering this for our benefit. Right? And he makes it real clear. Not that I may 
cast a snare upon you or put a leash on you, but for what is proper, so that you may serve the Lord without distractions. So, so let me say this, and then she'll move on to point number five. If you're single, unmarried, or widowed, you've got to learn how to ma- master the arena of distraction. Mm. And this will help married people also. And it's, real, it's a real good test here. If he or she or it or them or whatever it is takes me away from God, God didn't send that into my life. Come on, you, you can give a, a, a better amen than that. And I don't care who they are, how good they look. Come on, somebody. I don't care how much money, education, job, where they live, what kind of car they drive. If they take me away from God, they are a distraction. But if they take me towards God. That's right. And they enhance my relationship with God. God placed that in my life. And let me provide some balance here because we're living in a society today, and I hear this quite often, that women feel like if I don't give them a little something, somebody else is going to Uh take them. Because, you know, know, it's hard to find a guy that's going to live a holy, sanctified life. Keep it real. (laughs) The fact that that's even a consideration. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't want to pick on anybody, but let me submit this question to you. Do you or should you cheapen yourself to the standards of the world in hopes of making it a godly standard later on? Because understand that when he says a single person, the unmarried, and it's ironic to me, he's very intentional about talking to the females. Because I truly believe if, more, if women, not these women, because I know you all walk in holiness and you stretch forth toward toward, towards that mark in God. But if women in general will keep their legs closed and not act in such desperation... then infidelity, heartbreak, and disease will be at a minimum. Yeah, because really... And, and, and listen, and don't get it twisted. I'm not any different from anybody else before B.C., right, before that's right. Christ. That's right. So I by no means stand in the seat of judgment. But I do stand in the seat of experience, been there, done that, it don't work. I was that girl dating somebody, called myself in love. We talking marriage and everything else. And the minute I said, I don't want to do it no more, hold up, it's a problem. Hold on, wait a minute. You was with somebody? Before? I, I'm just not hearing this for the first time. Baby, this is years. Yeah, this is. I'm just hearing this for the first time. Long before, I said BC, long before Jolie Gregory came on the scene. And in that instant, I had to determine what was important. Because, see, today is me. The ring don't fix nothing. That's right. Tomorrow is somebody else. That's right. And then the other side of the scale is there have been couples who were dating, who did go down that road, entered into the Holy of Holies. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Got a revelation about God and holiness, got themselves together, decided they're going to be right and act right. Got married, 
consummate their marriage all over again and are living happily ever after. That's right. So it can be done. So I don't want you to go, people get caught up in this. But the ideal goal for these people here, because you have now been informed, is to walk in holiness this day forward, sanctifying yourself unto the Lord. And when you're doing that, it doesn't matter if dude wants some cookies on the side because you find yourself more valuable than a side, than some crumbs. You are worth the scratch batch, baby. Made from scratch. Made from, you made from scratch, honey. He got to qualify for that. Yeah, that, that should not come cheap. I'm just saying. That should not come cheap. I'll say that again. That should not come cheap. Now, of course, we're saying this a lot on the female side, but let me tell you, it's a real man that can keep his zipper zipped up. And lead the relationship from the front. Hello, somebody. Where she doesn't even have to put herself in the position to be concerned about whether or not you will ever cross that line because you're leading her towards God and not away from God. That, that's a real man right there. All the rest of that stuff that you're seeing on television in Hollywood, that's not a real man. A real man will keep his zipper zipped up. He will approach the woman and set the guidelines and boundaries for the relationship. I am a man of God. This is how the relationship will be conducted. He will lead it that way. Hello, somebody. And then make it easy for her to not feel pressured to have to do something for him just to keep him. And listen, and honor you to the point where he takes time to know you and he's not so antsy whereby three, six, four months later he needs to get married. He will take his time to invest in you, to honor you, to know Build you, you to develop a relationship truly in you mm -hmm. instead of counting down the days before we can get to that place. Before you get to number five, just remember if you lead with your body, You lead with your body, right? If that's what you used <laughs> to attract. What was that? What was that? I don't know who that was. It wasn't me, though. I can tell you that. It's all man up here. Don't get that twisted. I'm illustrating right now. Watch this now. If you lead with your body, then it's going to take your body to keep it. And that's going to change. Number five, happily ever after. Being single gives you the control and the ability to be happily ever after. Now, not to say that marriage is full of woes and, and all the bad things. That, and we said that earlier, that both are good. They're both gifts. But both come with responsibilities. Right. But being single, quite honestly, enables you to uh, captain your own ship. You know, coming off of the, the, the back end of talking about with being, being able to serve the Lord without distraction. See, Paul, now we realize that he was a widow. How many of you know when the Lord dealt with him on that road to Damascus, 
Galatians chapter 1 says when he separated, when God separated him from his mother's womb and called him unto grace to preach the gospel to the Gentiles, he said instantly he was able to go three years and spend it with Peter. Gamaliel. I mean, but he went to Peter and, and was, with, was with Gamaliel. Mm-hmm. But he went there for three years. I mean, if you know, God can call my husband, but he has to call me too. I think he's leading me on a three-year missionary trip. It ain't happening to like Aruba. that. I think the Arubans need Jesus over there. I don't care how much missionary-minded and calling he might have. If the Lord ain't dealt with me, then you didn't hear God before we got married because I ain't about to spend no time in wherever. That's Green right. Acres, baby, uh, right. city living is a life for me. <laughs> and so when, when we get into this happily ever after, what you're getting ready to learn is in a marriage, we can't do anything without the other person's enthusiastic agreement. So I might 100% believe something, but if she doesn't, we can't move forward. That's right. Now, let me read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 39 through 40 in the New King James. He says here, a wife is bound by law as long as her husband lives. But if her husband dies, she's at liberty to be married to whom she wishes, only in the Lord. Okay, so let's slow down on that well, one a little say, that's bit. A whole let's, that's message. a whole nother message. I, I don't even know why sure I stress that, that oh, because okay, he so can't leave that he, alone. If he dies, I can get out of this. <laughs> we want to make sure nobody out here. I curse that right now, bind it up, take authority over every demonic thought right now, cast it down in Jesus' name. But, but clearly here, if this is someone who was in a marriage, right, and the spouse dies, That is a widow. That widow is at liberty to marry whomever she wishes. But I want to bring out a principle here. Only in the Lord. Listen to me, folks. Dating, missionary dating is ungodly. What I mean by that is I'm saved and they're not. But I'm the only light that they have in their lives. And they need me to share the light of Jesus, the gospel unto them. If I leave them, they won't have anybody else that's saved in their lives. Folks, let me tell you something. You're going to bring a lot of heartache into your life if you are dating people that are not saved. In fact, you can meet many of saved divorcees, and they will mentor you on why you want to be sure to marry someone and meet someone and date someone that is in the Lord. And in the Lord doesn't just mean, we learn when we talk about being unequally yoked, being in the Lord, he's very specific like that, where where he's talking about similar revelation and understanding of their relationship and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Talking about in the Lord that they have submitted, not that they're saved only. That's right. Not that they're saved only. I think he go to church. He ain't going to church right now, but he's saved. It's just that he hasn't found a church that, she hasn't found a church that. We've seen explosions where he's Catholic and she's Pentecostal. We've seen, listen, countries went to war over Catholicism and being Protestant. So just imagine what the world 
So being in the Lord means that he is master and savior of both individuals and that your understanding and relationship is quite similar as far as the revelation you have in the doctrine of the gospel. So good, because that word Lord there is a Greek word, kurios, which means he's the supreme in authority, listen to this, over both of their lives. You do not want to be with people that don't love God more than they love you. You want people who God, Jesus is the Lord of their lives, and that's what's driving all of their decisions. Now, let me add this caveat. At the end of the day, if, they, if Jesus is Lord of their lives, you aren't in a church at home as much as you are called to love, period. So I want to, this is an underrepresented group, I think, but we have a lot of spiritually single individuals. What do I mean by that? The wife or the husband is saved and active in church, but their spouse is not. Okay. And, okay, so say that things happened in life, and you got married before you had this understanding and this revelation, and now your spouse, he's, he don't want nothing to do with, with church. He don't want nothing to do with, with, with Bible study, but he, he believes he's going to heaven, and we are not the judge and the jury on that. But, but, you're, but, the, but you're the one, and it's husbands and wives right. that are ones that's involved in church, committed, got an active relationship with God. That doesn't make you less saved or less effective, right. or makes your ministry that God's called you to less important. But what he has done is he has anointed you and empowered you to be that light in this now existing marriage. Because see, the first part of 1 Corinthians chapter 7 says, if he does well to dwell with you, then don't leave him. That's right. But Hence, if the unbelieving depart. But if he depart, let him depart. You're not under bondage in such case because God has called you to peace. peace. So I, I just wanted to mention that because That's I don't excellent. think we ever speak to the spiritually single. They're married physically, but spiritually they, they're single. I know it's frustrating. I could only imagine sometimes the anger that you feel when they want to dog your God or you have to go through the split hairs about tithing and not tithing. But God has anointed you. He will give you download wisdom daily on how to deal with that individual. He has empowered you to walk at a supernatural level of love by which you can be impactful. We've seen it happen where this woman, she served down in Orlando, Florida. She served. She loved God. She was at church all the time. And I'm like, Mama, uh, how, how's your husband doing? We loved on her husband whenever we saw him and everything else. And she took ill and she passed away early. And I later found out some time later that he finally got saved. So, you know, so just be encouraged in that. But let me continue on. And he says here in verse 40, but she is happier if she remains as she is according to my judgment. And I think I have also the spirit of God. So basically he's saying, but she, she does very well. She's all good if she just remains single. She, she, she ain't missing too much of nothing. Or, or widowed in that kind or, of Or widowed uh, <laughs> specifically. And when Jesus explained to the disciples that only the marital unfaithfulness constituted the grounds for divorce. Now, turn with me to Matthew chapter 19. Now, just we've gone through this many a times. The Pharisees are testing. They're tempting Jesus to see what he really knows. They're trying to trip him up to get him to say anything because they figure no matter what side of the coin he speaks to, he's going to offend somebody. But how many of you know God is the God of all? That's right. 
and you ain't about to trip him up. So they've asked him, uh, is it good for us to divorce a man? Is it good for us to divorce our wives for any reason? And he goes on to say earlier in that chapter that, hey, have you not read? Dude, you already know. That's right. Don't act like you don't know that when God created marriage, he created male and female, and he brought, and he brought them together, they shall become one flesh. So the two is not only two, but they are now one. That's right. And he goes on to say, well, God has put together, let no man tear asunder. And then he says, well, why did Moses give us a writ to the, uh, the right or the opportunity to divorce? And Jesus says, it's because the heart is of your hearts. There's one thing to have a command, but it's another thing to have permission. The commandment was that you stay married and be one flesh until death do you part. But he gave them permission because of the hardness of their hearts. That's good. And so then here he goes on and he goes on to explain. So, you know, so the, the marriage institute did not change. It's perfect. But it was because of your own corruption and selfishness and deception and manipulation that Moses gave the permission. But in the beginning, it was not so. That's right. And so then the response that they had now, listen, he just got through basically calling them out. He pulled their card. He, 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 he just punked them right then and there. <laughs> and he says, to, and then they say to him, never mind what he just said about their hard hearts, about their selfishness. Man, you call me selfish. You call me. I can't do this. No, he's, they never mind that. This is where they were. In verse 10, he says, they say, and his disciples said unto him, as such is the case of the man with his wife, it's better not to marry. And what was Jesus' response? Not everyone could deal with that. But basically, it's true. See, when you're single, you are able to course your own ship. You are able to chart your own waters. You're able to gauge your own paths. And in that, you have freedom a lot of freedom to just do what's in your heart. Let me say this too, and because society has evolved to where it is today, if you know, a lot of times we already know that we're dealing with things that will be troublesome in a relationship. The relationship will not prompt you to get better. In fact, oftentimes, the relationship can prompt you to get worse. What am I talking about? Alcoholism. Addiction, promiscuity, talking about living a holy lifestyle, and it lasts more than 90 days. If there's a problem with pornography, it's real. if there's problems with going to strip clubs, if, there's, if, if you just, if your weekend, if one's weekend, not you all, but someone's weekend is not complete without hitting a club and having a drink. Marriage doesn't solve that. Marriage does not solve that. So guess what? Here I go. It behooves you to set aside time to learn to love you and get on your course, course independently towards that happily ever after. Mm -hmm. And then and only then will you be a blessing and be able to receive the blessing that God truly has for you. I just want you to know I'm not going nowhere. I know you ain't. You ain't stupid. Happily. <laughs> I'm happily ever after. I'm staying in the game till the end. You know. Final I, whistle. When I was meditating on this last night, I was giggling because the, a song came to mind. 
And I told you all, I did not step foot in the church, didn't know anything about God. I, I knew that God existed. I knew about Jesus. I knew, you know, the Moses movie that comes on every year, you know, the, <laughs> the story of Bethlehem movie that come on every Christmas and stuff like that. So that's about as much as, but I had a gospel song. It wasn't a gospel song. Y'all ready for me to sing Don't a little sing bit? Don't sing it. Don't sing it. Don't, 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 don't. He's trying to kill my vibe here. <laughs> now I don't forgot how to song. Oh, okay, y'all ready? I decided long ago <laughs> never to walk in anyone's shadow. If I fail, if I succeed, at least I live as I believe. And no matter what they take from me, they can't take away my dignity because the greatest love of all is happening to me. I found the greatest love of all inside of me. Okay, stop. to give you a shout out when I get my first Grammy. <laughs> but listen, that was 1983. I was a kid, the age of 12. That was my eighth grade graduation song. And that song right there was so revelation to me. Yeah. It didn't talk about Jesus. I later found out that the greatest love was God, but but, that's, but it, there's so much truth, not, not to give old to the song, but understand my point. Learning to love yourself and receiving truly the greatest love of all is worth its weight in gold all day, every single day. In fact, 1 John chapter 4, he tells us that we love him because he first loved us. And if we've received the love of God, then Fear, in that, true love has no fear because fear does what? It brings torment. It brings confusion. It brings sickness, disease. It, 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 it brings long-lasting devastation if we live in this place of fear. Fear of what? Even the fear of being by yourself. If you can't enjoy and love life by yourself with God, guess what? You're a, you're a weight to somebody else, and you're not a blessing to them. So good. So good. So good. So good. Let, let's conclude right here. We can make sure the conclusion points go right up on the screen. How do I know if I have the gift? How do I know the gift of singleness or the gift of I need to get married? How do I know? You'll notice here, maybe you have been married or now are either divorced or widowed. Or maybe you've never been married. How do you know if you have the gift? Now, when I was single, I didn't even need to take this test. <laughs> Anybody else in here know what I'm talking about? I knew I didn't have that gift of singleness. I knew I didn't have that. But let's go through the test. If Mary or marriage is not a pressing necessity, you have the gift. 
and enjoy that and be happy in that. If marriage is not a driving need, you are graced in this season with the gift. If you do not burn with that physical desire, you are graced in this season with that gift. Now, if that burn comes back, you know the grace has lifted. <laughs> and your season is over. And somebody say, that's all right, too. You have the gift and should consider, at least consider remaining single because of the list that Paul described, the difficulties and pressures of life, the problems of the flesh, the passing of the world, the lack of distractions, and the permanence of marriage. When you get married, this is forever. It's not a game. This is a covenant. Now, if you feel being single, let's look at the other side of that. It's unfulfilling. How I many know you don't have the gift? I would assume that's the majority of unmarried single people in here. How I many would say, I know I don't have the gift? Single, unmarried. Don't See, put them on. No, don't do that to them, Don't put them on. Yeah, don't do that to them. If, if you, man, I would have, I'd have put both hands up, both feet, so y'all could pray for me, right? If you feel being single is uncomfortable, you don't have the gift, and that's okay, right? But I'm going to give you the solution in a moment. If you feel being single is very tempting, every time you go somewhere, you got to pray your flesh down. It ain't been that long for me. I remember those days. It's just better to stay in the house, especially in the summertime. <laughs> Flip-flops would just get me all messed up. <laughs> True story, man. One time, boy, she pulled up. I wanted to come pick her up. We were uh, dating. She got in the car with a little mini skirt on and some flip-flops. I looked at her. Her thigh looked like a drumstick to me. <laughs> And her toes look like popsicles. <laughs> True story. She's standing right here. This is what I said. You got to go back in the house. <laughs> Am I right or wrong? I said, you got to go back in the house. When she went back in the house, I had to go, because I'm on fire right now. <laughs> I mean, we got to learn how to be honest with ourselves. All right. So consider the great benefits of your current singleness. Watch this now. Listen very carefully. And be the man or woman that God wants you to be. See, so often we're trying to prepare ourselves for our spouse. Don't do that. Prepare yourself for God. And in preparing yourself for God, you have prepared yourself for a spouse. So prepare yourself for who God wants you to be. Watch this. And then wait on him to provide the answer to your prayers. Of course, if you're a male, you do the pursuing. If you're a female, you wait to be pursued. Don't look down on your singleness as if somehow you're a second-class citizen. We just took three weeks making sure that you understand that neither side is better than the other. And that they're both gifts from God. And don't let married people 
make you feel like you're a second-class citizen. But it's okay to be single and desire to be married. Okay. Wonderful thing. So the only thing that makes us less than what God would have us to be is not our marital status, but it's our spiritual commitment. See, you can be married, but if your spiritual commitment is low, then you're less than what God would want you to be. You can be single and in a relationship, but if your spiritual commitment is less than what God would have it to be, you're not in a healthy situation. I want you to know that God loves you, whether you're single or married. Learn how to be happy and content in the state that you're in. If you're single or married, wake up every day. When you look yourself in the mirror, tell yourself that you are a gift from God. Whether or not the other person in the marriage sees you that way or not, you need to look at yourself and say, I am a gift from God. Right? And if you're single, put, every, put the mirror on notice that whoever gets you is getting ready to get the greatest gift ever known to mankind. Somebody ought to give two snaps for that one right there. Anything else? All right, we're done. Did you all get anything out of this these last three weeks? Praise God. Let's all stand to our feet. Let's just stand to our feet. And we're going to pray over singles. We're going to pray over the unmarried. We're going to pray over divorcees. And we're going to pray over widows. Let's just all lift our hands to the Father right now. And just go ahead and begin to worship him right where you're at. This is all I want you to do. Whether you're single, whether you're married, whatever your status is, I just want you to talk to God out of your own heart that you're going to be happy and content in that current status that you're in right now. So, Father, you're aiming to be the best you that you can be for him. Whether you're single or married, the goal is to be the best that you can be for him. And so, Father, we pray for every single person that's happily single, unmarried, or widowed, Father, that the grace that you've uh, placed on them to to live out that gift, Father, I pray that, that they feel good about that and know from the Scriptures that it's okay to be that way and enjoy their singleness or being divorced or being widowed for the rest of their lives if they choose to do so, Father. Help them to be happily in that state. And, Father, we pray for every marriage in this room, Father, that they'll never put their marriage before you, Father. And even in their marriage, Father, they have a greater desire to please you than they do each other, Father. And so we thank you for the gift of being single. We thank you for the gift of being married. But ultimately, Father, it's the gift of your son, Jesus, that we value more than anything else. And as long as we have that gift, Father, we know that everything is going to be all right. So we thank you and we give you glory for all the gifts that you've graced us in this season with. We thank you for them in Jesus' name. Amen. While you're in that attitude of prayer today, if you're in this building today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that's the ultimate gift right there. That is it. There's no greater gift that you can receive on this earth than the gift of Jesus Christ received in your heart. So if you want to make him the Lord of your life today, you want to make him your savior today, we want to pray with and for you. Secondarily, you might say, Pastor, I'm already saved. I just allowed myself to get away from God. I heard so many things over the last three weeks, and I can see where I just allowed distractions and things to take me away from God. 
and you're saying, you know what, I want to get my thinking right, I want to repent, I want to come back to Christ, I want to get my life back right with Christ. If that's you, I want to pray with and for you today. Thirdly, if you've never been baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, Bible evidence of praying in other tongues, if you want to learn more about that gift today, I want to pray with and for you. And then finally, if you don't have a church home, but you believe God has led you to linked up church, you or maybe you and your family, or maybe you're in between churches, but this is where you know God wants you to be planted. My wife and I, the staff, will be happy to receive you. Every time you come in this building, our goal is to make sure that you get the Word of God and the Word of God only. So now, while every head is bowed, every eye is closed.